All right, good evening, folks. Good evening, folks. This is your host with the most, the guy with the plan. My name is Travis, and I am Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio is heard on the Hoobazoo Network. Find out more on hoobazoo.com. And this is episode 109. 109 episodes. That's really great. I'm really happy to be here. And I'm really pleased to be joined by another uh, military brother and friend and fellow podcaster, uh, Ben Biddick. He is the host of Get Up Nation podcast, which is a really cool podcast. You should definitely have that in your uh, playlist. Ben, welcome to the show. It's an honor to be here, Travis. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. I, I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. You've got a lot going on. And you seem to be moving all the time. Uh, just as a, I don't know, as a, as a, as a synopsis, uh, you, you certainly had a, a lot of experience. And I wanted to start with your uh, your military experience. Now, according to my notes, you were at the University of Wisconsin. Are you a Wisconsin native? Um, pretty much, yeah. I was uh, born in the Midwest, and I spent most of my um, childhood in Wisconsin. Yep. Well, I love that state. I've been through there several times up in the Eau Claire region. Oh, yeah. With my family. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful country. Um, and then you, you joined the Army. Uh, what did you do in the Army? I did a variety of things. I did basically whenever they said, who wants training, I, my hand was always up. So um, I started out, I went in with an MOS of being a combat medic. I we For some reason, I don't I think it was the, they were trying to get so many people during that part of a global war on terror through that um, they sent a, a, my group and usually they don't send, I guess, people with medical MOSs to Fort Benning, Georgia. Usually that's, you know, home of the infantry. And, and, um, but first, for whatever reason, um, I got uh, sent to Fort Benning, Georgia. I had, uh, I was really happy that I got to do basic training there. I wanted the real experience. Um, I wanted uh, nothing, um, that was less than uh, an intense an intense experience to prepare me. I knew that we were probably going to wind up in in combat at some point um, because of the the op tempo and the the way things were going to, during the global war on terror. So I did my uh, basic training at Fort Benning, Georgia. Went to Fort Sam Houston in Texas for my medical training, and then that's um, so why I got the combat medic training. I later got to do some advanced medical training where they actually got us into a, a nursing program. Um, and that was at Fort Lewis, uh, Washington. And I also later became a military policeman. We were a combat support uh, military police unit that I, I joined. I started out as their medic, but when they were booting doors and clearing rooms and doing all sorts of uh, things like that, I wanted in and they wanted me to wait, be able to wear two hats. So um, jumped on that. I did uh, that training in Kentucky, Fort Knox, um, and then later on I worked doing. I did. I was on orders at the state headquarters, so we were doing emergency management. I was at the Joint Operations Center, and we were wherever local infrastructure got overwhelmed, we could uh, deploy units to help them in a civilian environment. Um, to make sure that people were safe and out of harm's way. And, and if there was a disaster of any kind, then we could help deploy, deploy uh, resources and assets to help uh, help our citizens. So um, basically, that's a, uh, that's a down and dirty of, of that. I did a tour in Iraq with, with uh, the military police unit 
and we were mostly out of the Bayap Baghdad area. Got um, to do some interesting things at Taji, and uh, went up to Mosul a little bit, and around the southern region of Iraq mostly um, to Crit. We kind of traveled around. We were doing detainee. Uh, air transfers. We were doing, uh, we were helping gather biometric data off of people in the theater internment facilities. So, um, so uh, basically fingerprints and DNA stuff of, of terrorists, um, if they ever showed up on our soil, they'd be in a database that, um, that are that civilian res- that uh, law enforcement resources in the United States could, could recognize the fact that if there's a guy driving a U-Haul in Ohio, um, and it might be somewhat suspicious if he was a, uh, you know, convicted of, of terrorism and bomb making and uh, the global war on terror. So um, did a variety of things that we went around and evaluated um, Iraqi prisons for to make sure they um, to make sure they met humane treatment standards uh, from the, the United Nations, uh, United, the United Nations uh, humane treatment standards. So we would go around and make sure that prisoners there were not overcrowded, that they were getting medical care, that they were being fed, that they were not being harmed, um, things like that. So that's, I guess, the basics of some of the things that I did in the military. So You had a very, very experienced. So, you know, my next question is, I'm listening to your podcast and I'm understanding mm-hmm. what that's about. We'll get into that in a second. But where where did this idea come from? Because it seems like after the military, you, you really went into... I wouldn't say a different direction, but you didn't do the normal thing that a lot of veterans in your your space did, going into law enforcement, going into you know, being a first responder or a private contractor. You did something that, in my view, is something I don't come across very often. So I was wondering if you talk about your transition and how you kind of got into this whole uh Thing, uh, uh, this message of get up nation. Okay, and and just and just to be clear, I kind of did initially. Uh, so right after I got done, and I'm sorry, I know I've done a lot of different things, and um, I it's not there isn't a, a ton of it that's documented right now or anything. But um, basically, I did go, I do, I did some first responder work after I got out of the military. It was a nice transition to still be in a somewhat tactical um, role. Um, so it wasn't wasn't immediately into the get up nation side of things. But so I did do some first responder stuff as a crisis negotiator and, um, and worked with um, helping to stop things like human trafficking was stopped um, the process of young people being uh, groomed and seasoned into exploitation or into gang involvement. So I did some of that for, for a few years after my military uh, career I've done. And then I did some medical work too in the civilian side where I was working uh, with uh, dementia patients, um, elderly psychiatric uh, needs. There's young that did some mentorship of young kids with ch- challenges and um, trouble coming from troubled environments in a, in a non uh, first responder capacity. So I, I, I kind of have done a lot of that stuff, but then that, yeah, as you're saying, I made the transition over. I'd always been in, I'd always been interested in writing and I had done some ghostwriting for some people along these lines, but at the same time, when I had gone to college, I realized quickly as we kind of came to the end of my college degree, they kind of wanted you to write a book and, and, and complete all your, your writing training by culminating it into a a piece of, uh, you know, a book, I guess, basically. And at that point, I quickly realized I knew nothing about the world. I knew nothing about people. I knew nothing worth talking about. And so anything I was going to write was going to be complete pompous garbage. 
So I dropped out of college, moved to California, started working soon after that 9-11 happened. Uh, and then I joined uh, the military. My brother uh, worked in New York. He worked in the building across from the World Trade Towers. So that morning I got a call. Um, right, I got a call. He's like, hey, uh, I'm okay. I got to go turn your TV on. And then that was 9-11. So soon after that. So he survived that. And so that, that obviously put a spin on, on what I was, what, what my plans were. And then that led to me joining the army. But so, so after all of that, I kind of made that transition. Um, I wanted to go see things, experiences, things, learn things that I figured if I was ever going to write or do something uh, creative in that space or, or create things that would really serve people, that would really be of value to people. Well, I needed to know what people were. I needed to know what they were experiencing. I needed to know what ripped them up and tore them apart and what built them up and what made them strong. So I figured if I could figure those things out and focus on those things, then I could really be someone who lived a life of service, who did something uh, hopefully of quality with my life. And that when the day comes, when we pass on from here, that I could look back with a sense of pride or um, with a sense of satisfaction and knowing that I didn't um, take this lightly. I didn't take it cheaply. I didn't take it for granted and tried to make the most of it. Now, certainly I'm not, uh, uh, certainly that that's the hope and that's the goal. I'm, uh, so that's, that's what I try to do every day. That's what I aspire to. And that quickly led to after these lessons that I learned after, after serving people, after, uh, seeing them in all these kinds of environments and listening to them and hearing them tell their stories. Um, then it became time when I felt ready to start to contribute. I felt that I'd learned and learned enough to at least contribute something of, that I felt would be of quality that I'd, I could be proud of that would build people up. So about that time, then I had an associate a connection. He's a veteran himself, Marine Corps um, veteran, combat veteran. His name is Nick Dennis. He uh, then he and I reconnected and uh, he told me about us. Adam Greenberg and how Adam Greenberg was looking to tell his story. He did a writer for it and we did some, some interviews and things clicked with that. And, uh, then I secured that, um, that project where I was able to have the honor of helping Adam tell his story. Um, and I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if the uh, listeners are familiar with Adam, but, um, Adam was a professional baseball player. He grew up in Guilford, Connecticut, and has a very, very unique story in the history of Major League Baseball. So um, that was an honor to help tell his story and speak with some baseball legends. And and that's where the the book happened. And then quickly following that, then I started the podcast. So that that episode was the first episode I heard of the Detonation Podcast. And, and mm-hmm. one of the things, you know, I, I'm listening to this. I'm looking at what you do, and I was kind of taken aback because, again, most most of the veterans I deal with are strictly, you know, law enforcement types, or they're the big, and nothing wrong with this. This is not, um, mm-hmm. we should get their panties in a wad, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're moto guys, they're, they're rah-rah guys, and they've got the beards going, and the and the operator sunglasses and the beat up baseball cap and they're got their, you know, tactical khakis on and their operator where, uh, and, and, you know, they're ready to, to kick butt and take names at all times. 
where your, your message, especially with what happened to that gentleman, and I'll have the link to that podcast in the Oscar Mike Radio uh, blog post listeners, because you got to listen to it. Your podcast is a message of empowerment and positivity. And, and I just, I have to ask, was that something that you set out to do when you started this podcast? Or is that something you kind of grew into? Because it's it's actually a very refreshing uh, perspective mm-hmm. on life. Because we hear so much about PTSD and problems and challenges that I think there's a disconnect between people who are actually overcoming their adversity um yeah in, in setting out to do the podcast it was very intentional of of this approach to things there's a lot of volatility in the world there is a lot of negativity people are really siloed into uh things based on our circumstances the way we do media today the way we do um the way that businesses are set up the way that politics are done today it's very divisive and we get real siloed we say i'm this i'm 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 a liberal i'm a conservative i'm a Whatever it is, I, I'm this, I'm that. I wear the shirt. I talk about it. I, you know, I share my my social media, the, the stuff that my my little little pocket or my cell, you know, says about the world, and I put it out there. And there's a lot of people making a lot of noise, but there's very very little um, emphasis on the fact that 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 we all have a lot of similarities uh, also, and so people that we can get real. Um, we can get real divisive. We can really attack the hell out of each other very easily. I mean, um, part of that, part of my transition out of the, uh, the military and part of trying to find mental health for myself, et cetera, is, and what I think is very important, especially as we deal with, you know, as we deal with post-traumatic stress and, and not just, not just the veteran community, but in, in the, the first responder community and, and in our families, there's so much of the family structures where, where things are, are very challenging and troubling to people as they're trying to make a dollar or trying to raise their kids. They're trying to do it in a way where kids develop a a sense of self-esteem, but we have intergenerational conflicts. So we have baby boomers saying how millennials are, you know, entitled and pathetic. And then we have millennials, you know, and then we have millennials lashing out at generation X and, and baby boomers saying, well, you created a world where we're getting massacred in our schools. Um, We have all of this division and divisiveness and, and truly, and truly all of us, have so much common ground and so much power when we realize that, okay, you, I, we don't have to be against each other. If we talk this out in a rational way and we look at basically supply or we not, not supply and demand, but, but consequences. So, so if we look at our circumstances and what they create and we don't like what we find, well, let's create what, what is the end goal of what we want? And basically, um, and basically what I think all Americans or all people in any society want is, uh, is that the beautiful thing of freedom. They want freedom. They want security. And when we have that basic level of security, then, you know, as they say in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you need security first before you can build on all the other brilliant things that make life so worth living, that make life so brilliant and beautiful. And it takes you all the way up to self-actualization where, where what I think our founding fathers of our country uh, and founding mothers, the women and men who created our country um, wanted was basically a place of life, liberty, and happiness. And you can't have life if you're not secure. So I love, in, as, as you and I both, you and I both love those, those the, the operators, the special forces operations guys, the, the grunts on the ground, the guys that, that put in work, that boot in doors in the middle of the night. And they say, and when taken to custody terrorists or get in a firefight and destroy the enemy where, where organizations like ISIS would, would try to obliterate us, would try to, 
you know, end our way of life because they are completely exploited, fear-based, uh, frightened people who have reverted to hatred and violence to try to inflict their mentality on the world, which is completely self-defeating for them as well, and largely a product of just poverty and um, isolation and being manipulated by uh, people who are masterminds at, at manipulation and, and, and making something very dark happen out of desperation. So, and the opposite is true, in, if, in my opinion, in the United States, where we we may not practice it very well. And I'm looking very forward to getting our country more in line with a sense of valuing every life that comes here. Like, I think that every life that is that is welcomed upon the earth should be celebrated, welcomed, honored, and uh, raised with, with um, the ultimate um, amount of respect and esteem and and um, and understanding the sacredness of life. And I think everyone should have that. I don't think there should ever be in the United States any place that's referred to as a ghetto or an inner city. I think that those things are um, shameful to us that those things even exist where um, we would allow poverty. And I'm not saying the government. I'm, I'm saying how people need people reacting with each other. I'm not saying any of this regard to government. I'm not making any statements about um, capitalism or, or socialism or any of the hot topics that people are talking about in the media today. I'm talking about just people helping people. You go, you get yours, you in a secure environment, thanks to those who do raids in the middle of the night, who do helo drops, who do halo drops in the middle of the sky, come down, um, you know, kicktail and foreign sand so that don't so that war doesn't come to, to our sands over here in the united states so that we can live in that safe and secure environment and i understand they those men should be and women who the women in combat arms these these warriors who are going out there to make our country safe i think there's so much more that we can be that can be done um, on the civilian side where civilians um, where we as american people especially as veterans who who come out of the military and into the civilian community. Um, there's so many, there's so much common ground that we have and we, we do a disservice to all, all, everyone is, is, is experiencing a lack of what could be by not recognizing the value of each person in each, each place and each role. And if we get caught up in vitriol and rhetoric and put on whatever news channel you're talking about, everyone, they, here's the Republican guy, here's the liberal guy. They attack each other and then we get nowhere. And then uh, is that really what we want for our media? How about we say, okay, this is the challenge. What is the solution to that challenge? And instead of just talking smack about each other all day long, we could maybe focus on the challenges, address how we, how we uh, uh, make that better, more brilliant America where there is, where, where people are helping people as they go out and get theirs. So instead of just taking the mentality, I'm going to go get mine. And I don't care what happens to anybody else. Um, that we see that leads to destruction in business, that leads to um, dissatisfaction in, in employees because it's it's a pretty mercenary type situation if it's all about making a bottom dollar. Well, what about what about these businesses and organizations that do make money and at the same time, they help create a healthy environment. They help create environments where people love coming to work. They create that environment where people have a sense of life, liberty, and happiness, regardless of their skin color or or whatever category that we put ourselves, that we put people into, just say, you know, we are we are all people. We all want this brilliant, beautiful life that America um, was, the framework of America was built to give us. And um, whether it's military veteran or civilian, or per, it's, it's finding those common ground in service of others. I know tons of people who never served in the military, but they started their own nonprofit because they care about something. They care about dolphins or they care about 
um, the, or they care about people in poverty or they care about exploited children. They don't want kids to ever experience the horror of, of being trafficked or the horror of being exploited by, by gang members who will say, I'll take your desperation. And you know what? I'll paint a nice picture. I'll, I'll talk about making you a man, but at the same time, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to destroy you by, by involving you in negative circumstances. I'm going to channel you towards incarceration or being murdered yourself. Um, instead, how about this? We say, Hey, um, we say young people, Hey, you're looking to be a man. Well, let me tell you about the experiences I had as I grew up and I faced adversity as I overcame adversity. And I didn't let that adversity turn me into a bitter, isolated cynic. Instead, every adversity that I experienced, it has turned into, um, something that's made me more connected with others. It's made me more powerful because I can speak into the pain of others and I can draw them out of that isolated place where in those dark moments where we're drowning ourselves in alcohol or substances and we, and we, we put a gun in our mouth and we wonder if we have the strength to pull the trigger. How about we do it a diff, much different way where all of the adversity that we're facing, we realize that we're all in this together. We realize that we have some amazing thought leaders at the creation of this nation and that we have an, an entire nation, not that we have an entire nation of people that is built upon the idea that we want to make the most out of this life, that we want to experience the glory of living, that we want to share that with others. And there's really no reason why that can't happen if we allow, if, if, unless we just simply allow ourselves to live at a lesser standard, if we allow ourselves to, um, when that hate starts coming up, it, to not address where that came from and instead turn our enemies into friends. Instead, we can uh, challenge those that we disagree with and they can challenge us and we can maybe learn something from each other. Um, so all these different silos that we're living in, we can maybe break down the walls a little bit and we could create a brilliant space where when that flag flies, where our friends died to, uh, to create, a, to create, our friends died for this, for an America, this nation, this dream, our friends died for this. And our friends are still dying in isolation and with suicide. And as they're reeling oftentimes with the effects of going into um, combat environments and seeing awful things that people do to each other and experiencing um, those things. Um, and so, so if, if our friends gave their lives for us, for this nation, you know, on the, like on Saving Private Ryan, it kind of echoes in my head a lot, a lot where, you know, Captain Miller is saying, um, I hope this kid, I hope this, you know, private Ryan, I hope this, he invents a longer lasting light bulb or something, you know, because it's like they, they're going through all of this to give this guy life, right. To save this guy, all his brothers are dead and they're trying to bring one of them home to, to his mother, to his father. They're trying to bring him home. And, um, you know, and they, they're looking at this, this character and they're saying, this guy must, this guy better not be some weak, pathetic soldier who's, who's, uh, you know, we, we better not do all this for this guy. This guy better be something else, man. This, this guy better be coming hard. He better be, you know, on point. He better be, you know, an earner. He better be somebody worth fighting for like this. And so I think we all are that. And I think those of us who have survived the global war on terror, whether you're a, you're a civilian in, in New York City or whether you're a soldier, a Marine, an airman, a sailor, or, or somebody who served in the Coast Guard, or, or in any, in any of these capacities, I think we're all looking at each other and say, look, what is all this for? It's not, it's not for an America that can't get anything done politically. It's not for an America where we're just all fighting with each other and calling each other names. It's for an America where each person is valued, where upon their birth and upon their death and upon every day of their life, they live with life, liberty, and happiness. They give, they grow, they're powerful, they're intelligent, and they're wise. 
And so what I'm really excited about is I think people are catching on to this. This is what I'm trying to do with the podcast is to say, there's nothing we can't accomplish. The only thing that gets in our way is to, is to not have vision. The only thing that gets in the way is to see each other as opponents all the time or ad- adversaries. Why can't we just say, you know, if somebody challenges us, I'm going to take those lessons. I'm, and I may not agree in the end, but you know what? They, if they challenge me, I'm going to think about it and I'm going to let that make me better. I'm going to make that, let me, I'm going to let that make me wiser. And, um, and in the end, those people that we may have an an intense animosity for currently, they may become a powerful ally. They may not, but they may be somebody who um, has challenged us to live a a more wiser, more aware, more awakened life to the reality. And then we can create a reality where, where we can just feast upon all the glory and that, that this life is, that this nation is, and then we can honor those who gave this opportunity to us. I just think we have a a huge mantle on our shoulders that these people that my, that we all have friends who have, have died in service, uh, in combat and um, to honor them is to live a life that is so full and pure and true and powerful um, that then we will truly honor that sacrifice. And, and uh, that's kind of my mentality. That's kind of what I, what I go for on the podcast. One of the things about Every one of your guests that I picked up listening to your podcast that have in common is they, they, they had something happen to them. Yep. And they came to a point in their life or dealing with this challenge where they had a choice. Right. They could, they could take a fork in the road. One fork was the, 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 the self-loathing, the, the self-pity, the, the, yep. the, the, the I'm going to embrace weakness. The other fork is I'm going to make a choice right now to use everything at my disposal to make the best of the situation and possibly overcome this challenge, uh, for lack of a better term, like a boss. Yeah, yeah, man. And, and it seems like when I started figuring that out and, and understanding what they were doing, wouldn't you say, Ben, that for many of us, it's simply we are our own barrier and that your podcast kind of shows that if you can make the choice to to carry on and persevere versus right. quitting? Absolutely, 100%. I think, um, I think that that's – I think uh, largely people don't overcome their challenges because they don't have a voice there that says, um, you know, hey, you know, other people have had this happen to them too. And, and do you know what's possible if you get past this? Like a lot of times we just kind of people have in their lives, maybe they don't have a support network or they don't have that voice. So they don't even know that it's a possibility that, okay, this happened to me, but I don't have to become a bitter, cynical, hateful person about it. I can actually, this actually can become a power base for me. This actually can become the catalyst for me to connect with people and to achieve things that I've never even dreamed of. And so that's what I want the, the Get Up Nation podcast ultimately to be is a voice for people to really understand, like, um, you know, we've had a number and I just, it's, it's any, like you said, it's anything. It's the one thing is certain is that everyone will have adversity in their life. And I think it's a very, um, maybe not sad, but maybe a poor, a poor, like a poverty in like an internal poverty. If we, if we just try to live our lives 
in a way where we just hide from adversity. Like, Oh, I hope nothing goes wrong today. And you get so focused on, on then, then you get fixated on all the things that go wrong. And then you become a very negative and uh, person and a very fearful person. And then you never experience the glory of conquering anything. Then it's always, Oh, my boss is that my boss, you know, he won't do this or he's a piece of garbage or he's a chauvinist or my, or this, this lady at work, she always talks, you know, all, you know, all these little things that people get caught up in and, and it, it's a self-defeated, this self-defeatedness and this fear of actually putting yourself out there, this fear of saying, well, I just have to live an existence where I just try to hide and I hope I don't somehow get cancer one day. And I hope I, and I hope I don't do this. And I hope I don't. it's a very weak and, and powerless uh, reality that I think um, perverts people. It, it, it makes them less than what they could be. It makes them, um, small. It, and so, and so I don't think anybody wants to live that way. Um, and maybe it's just because they don't have the vision, maybe because they never had a parent that, or, or, uh, and it doesn't have to be a parent. It can be just a, another influence in their life of, um, you know, why, 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 why would anybody allow themselves to live in fear? Uh, it's because they don't know the power of what comes when you refuse to be driven by fear. When, when you don't, know the pleasure of being driven by your passion, by, by something that you love. For instance, I talked just yesterday with the amazing Marsha L. She is, she was born with a congenital um, birth defect of her leg. It led to her leg being amputated for 23 years. She never wore shorts. She lived this life where um, she was very ashamed of herself because she felt like she, because she certainly was different than the kids that she was um, going to school with. And they would tease her and call her names and, and do hurtful things. And, and more recently then she decided, you know, I'm not going to live in fear. And she went to a camp where she was with, she got out of her isolation, went to a camp uh, during her teen years where she saw people who were like her facing similar challenges and so the, in, the, in, in being awakened to the fact that, okay, I'm not alone in this, and there are other people facing this, and they have these experiences, then becomes ultra powerful, because then she started to awaken to the fact of, I'm not, I'm not, you know, something broken. I'm not something that's odd. I'm not something that is, needs to be ashamed. I am a human being with gifts and talents and so much. And then and she started making music, and her music is amazing. I would recommend Anybody check out Marsha L. She's on iTunes. She has a, an album called Brave. But she talked about how these people began to invest in her. And they began to say, you know, I want you to come and be a part of this. And she said, I'm not going to let them down. Uh, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to lose the fact I love to do, I love to make music. I love to be, you know, and she started to feel that, that joy of being alive and connected and, and the intoxication of not being afraid and of not being ashamed. Um, and then just to piggyback on that with the opioid epidemic, so much with addiction is based on shame, right? So if we get people out from under these places of shame, these places of guilt, these places of fear, then they open up into these brilliant people. And Marsha L, then she, she never wore shorts until she was 23 years old, right? Because she has a, she had a prosthetic. And then she, in, with a lack of fear, she went out, she did a photo shoot in her bathing suit. She had never been to the beach. She lived in Florida her whole life other than Haiti. When she was born, she came to the United States to, to uh, receive medical treatment when she was five. 
And she just, she said, you know what? I'm tired of being afraid. I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to live that life. And here I am with my prosthetic. I'm on the beach and I'm wearing a bathing suit for the first time and I'm going to capture it in a photo shoot. And then all of a sudden she has all this positive energy pour out to her. Jada Pinkett Smith is, is, you know, sharing her post on Instagram. Um, and, and she's, and she's making this brilliant music that says, you know what? I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be ashamed. And so, so when we take on that mentality, no matter what it is, whether it's being born with a, uh, you know, or being an amputee, whether it's having an addiction, whether it's, it's, we've been diagnosed with cancer or, or you got fired from your job or you screwed up your marriage and, or, you know, or you drink too much or, or you're dealing with the results of trauma from your childhood and exploitation, whether it's, it's trying to shed illegal activity that you were involved with because you were trying to seek out the affection and attention of a male authority figure in your life because you never had a father, so you joined a gang, or whatever it is, whether it's autism, you know, all of these things that are happening. I, I just, I just want to be part of the conversation and a part of the dialogue that elevates us out of where we are now and into the brilliant reality of what's coming because it's always darkest before, uh, you know, before the dawn. And so there is coming a dawn to this nation that, that it is going to be an unprecedented wave of positivity and power and growth that, that what we see today is it's not going to be like this forever, you know, feelings and emotions, they surface and then they drift and our thoughts, we, you know, our minds bounce around and and our, we have 70,000 thoughts a day. And thoughts, they come and they go. And, and we, we don't need to allow ourselves to be um, afraid. We don't need to live a life of fear. We don't need to live a life without vision or passion. And when we find something that we love and lock into it, and we know that we have value and say, I love to do this. And my life has value. And I'm here for a short time. And I'm going to lock into what I love. And I'm going to do some good. And I'm going to help somebody. And the suffering that I've had, it only makes me more powerful because I can identify that suffering in others. I can see it. I can taste it. And I can, and by doing that, I can alleviate it and I can walk people out of that pain. So, um, so I think that, that type of America is, is worthy of our fallen sacrifices to create that in real time. I think that would give them satisfaction in knowing that they died for an America like that. Well, one of the things that that resonates with me in your podcast and your message and what you're trying to do. And uh, I'll have the link to the Get Up Nation uh, podcast website and all the links where um, you can hear the podcast. But the one of the things about the whole entire concept that I really love, uh, Ben, is you don't have to be in the military to get this. You don't have right. to have served. But on the other hand, you can be let's just say this woman who I, I don't know, I've, I've never heard her music, mm-hmm. but I could listen mm-hmm. to your story uh, like the baseball player and I can immediately relate to certain aspects of that struggle. And I think right. that's what really, you know, ladies and gentlemen, puts this podcast on a, on a must-listen-to uh, you know, schedule. I, I, I'll, I'll be, you know, for me, I'm going to just get personal for a second. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be either grinding through a training workout or I'll be studying for, um, you know, certification exam or anything. And, uh, I'll put the headphones on, pop your podcast in. I hear about some of these challenges people have come over and I'm like, well, the first thing I think is, well, you know, they had it harder than me. And then I'm like, well, in certain ways I've had it harder than them, but the same thing, I think it goes back to your, 
what you mentioned before is we're all in this together, but, but, but by them sharing, um, on this platform and then being willing to let you tell the story, it, it gives me a, a, a little extra motivation to kick in and grind a little harder. And Good. That, that's, that's where it's different is people is this, this will lift you up if you let it and buy into it. And I just think it's, it's very, very cool in a time where there's so much focus on tearing people. Well, I'm honored by your statements there. I'm honored that that's doing that for you. That's the goal. Um, I hope that does that for others. Uh, I certainly am not perfect, but my goal is to create that for people and I'm doing my very best to do that. So um, I'm honored that you, that that's, that's, that's being achieved. And I hope that others have a similar experience as they tune into that. Do, do you like the whole podcast experience? Do you find this medium really working for you? Is this, allowing you to create and build something that's yours. Uh, the reason I ask is a lot of podcasters get bogged down. A lot of podcasters, you know, get burnt out. And, and very few of them over time actually stay with it. But it seems like you have really honed your craft and you've got your sweet spot of where you want to be. And it's just Thank nice you. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's, I'm really happy with it now. We're, we're, there'll be more, um, media here that's that's coming that's going to um there's more coming here and and it as far as the podcast goes i'm really happy with it i like the podcasting because first of all i talk to people who i admire every day um like yourself i'm honored that you came onto the show and shared what you're doing with oscar mike radio that was awesome having you as a guest so to meet people like you who are who care about veterans who care about um, creating things of meaning and substance and, and support for, for people and, and speaking, um, speaking about these issues and raising awareness and, and doing good things. I, I, that's, that's very satisfying to me, um, to, to perform the, that, the podcast development and to, to create that network of people who are, are having that positive experience. So that's very engaging to me. But what I also like about the podcast is, you know, it's, it's very, it's very one-sided. All you got to do is, you know, whether it's because we're on YouTube, we're on Acast, we're on Overcast, we're on iTunes, we're on all these different um, Spreaker and, and, you know, iHeartRadio, we're on all these different formats. So all people have to do is is go in and download it and listen to it or stream it. And so they don't, they're, it's very passive. So if they are afraid, if they are ashamed, if they are frightened by, by something that they're dealing with, if they are dealing with something internally, it's much more, they feel much more vulnerable to go to something in in person, right to a, to a group or to ask for help or to um, connect with somebody. A lot of people have a lot of social anxiety. There's a lot of fear today. There's in society, people are not connecting and 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 being social in a lot of ways that they have in the past. So if people are kind of entrenched or isolated, they can simply all they got to do is hit a few buttons and then they're in it. And I hope that 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 will help draw them out. It will give them hope. It will show them what what amazing people are doing in this country uh, to overcome challenges, to partner together, to find that, that vein of gold that, that where they can safely encounter some media, they can safely take it in, um, receive it. Hopefully sense some fire of inspiration there and that can help lead them to, to people who are doing positive things where they can safely interact, where they can uh, make themselves a little more, more vulnerable as they become more comfortable and hopefully can people that's so that's why I love the podcast is because it's that that safe place where they don't necessarily have to you know show up at a place take the time in their busy schedule to 
be nervous about meeting new people and, and meet some, somebody who may be frightening to them or, or they may not like the environment or anything like that. All I got to do is hit a few buttons and they're already in. And then on their, on their timetable, when they are ready, then they can reach out to others. They can become part of Get Up Nation. They can subscribe uh, to, you can go on getupnationpodcast.com. We have a, subs, a subscription there where you just, it's free and you just put in your email address. And then soon here, we're going to be sending out just ways for people to network uh, people's experiences, sharing those experiences. So when they're ready and when they have that trust built up, when they experience these people kind of vicariously and experience people who are trustworthy, who are, um, people of character and people who care about others, then hopefully they can, they can, when they're ready, reach out and, and connect and start to, to have social networks that are a little more satisfying for them. And it, it could all start with that podcast. So that's what I like about it. Well, ben, it has been an absolute blast. Time has flown and I'm having fun. And I'm, I just really appreciate how candid you were in communicating you know, what Gip Nation is all about and what you want not only for your podcast, but also for people in general. It's right. not just a, a marketing ploy or a gimmick or a resume item. Yeah. You really have this passion for seeing people uh, enjoy life to the fullest, and, and that's through a positive change and positive actions. And yeah. again, uh, is the website is Gip Nation Podcast, correct? Yep, GetUpNationPodcast.com. That can uh, and you can just search if you just do Get Up Nation podcast on Google that'll hook you up. We are we're on a we're on a variety of different formats. So if people prefer iHeartRadio or Spreaker or whatever it is, they can. We're trying to make it available in pretty much any platform possible so that people can take it in on at their convenience and at their comfort level. So as we close, down, ladies and gentlemen, I, I think what I got out of my, my my experience being on Ben's podcast and also having Ben on is. Ben, what I would take out of this right now is I have the choice to either react to life and act to life in, in, in a positive manner. It doesn't mean I'm a pushover or I get you know walked on, but I can take right. what's thrown at me and react in a way that you know puts that negativity behind me and embraces what's good out of it so I can be an example to others and, and, and have the best possible life for myself. That's absolutely correct, and and that is correct in saying that, that it doesn't make you weak. In fact, it makes you the opposite because when your opponent or somebody is trying to make less of you or trying to harm you or sabotage you or send you into a place of – or just keep you in a place of shame and fear and doubt, um, the most powerful thing you can do in that point is persevere, and the most powerful thing you can do is keep showing up. So like the weight, Travis, that you push – you know, there's so many people who, who can't find it for themselves, and so they just put their crap on other people. And so it, it becomes very frightening to them who are living in fear when you refuse to be in that fear, when you refuse to, to, to have that weight on your shoulder that they try to put on you to keep you less than what you less than what you are and what you can be. And so to be that perseverant person, it's, it's, it's the ultimate power to say, you can harm me and you can hurt me, but you can't, you can't kill me. And you can't stop me from doing something brilliant, powerful, and connected uh, with others. And and when you do that, then those people have, a, then they're confronted with a choice and they have to choose. Am I going to ally myself with somebody this powerful and this impressive and this beautiful and this, and this potent and get out from the shame and fear within myself so that I stop putting this on other people? Or am I going to go back into my hole of shame, into my hole of fear? And so when we, 
confront each other in this kind of peaceful way. It forces us to make those decisions. And, uh, and I think it creates a, a much more powerful and beautiful America and world. So I appreciate the opportunity of being on your show, Travis. You're the man. And I really love having you on my show. And I look forward to lots of good things ahead as we uh, serve others together. All right, folks. Uh, first of all, Ben, thanks so much for coming on and taking time out of your day to talk to me. Really appreciated it and thoroughly enjoyed it. Learned a lot. Folks, if you're not doing this already, get on, get to the Get Up Nation, because that's where it's at. That's where it's up. And go to getupnationpodcast.com to find out more. Ben is everywhere. He's going to be everywhere. And I just can't wait to see what he's doing next. So, um, again, thank you very much, Ben. This is Travis. We are Oscar Mike Radio, and we are out. <laughs>